0: Welcome to the creating ripples podcast. I'm your host Alexandra Zoner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others. And when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello and welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. And today I am joined with Elizabeth Dopp, who I'm super excited to have on. We were just chatting for the last like 15 minutes and mind you we've only met through tiktok and instagram through social media of like seeing each other and cheering each other on and so it's going to be really fun and I know the conversation is just going to naturally flow because I had to basically be like okay it's time for us to record I think or we're going to run out of time so Elizabeth welcome to the podcast
1: yeah thanks for having me I'm so excited
0: I am really excited that you're here and um, our paths crossed because Elizabeth has been showing up and sharing her journey over the last nine months and beyond and I just wanted to have her come on for all of you to get to know her and learn from her life experiences and so Elizabeth welcome and if you want to just share a little bit about your journey and story and what got you here today.
1: Yeah, I would love to. I think it's only right to start when I started drinking. I grew up in a very small town. I live in St. Louis now, but I grew up in Bowling Green, Missouri. It's about an hour and a half north of St. Louis. And I started drinking when I was 15, which is very normal for my hometown. We didn't have a lot to do. There was a Walmart and some fast food restaurants. So drinking was very normal outside of like school and sports. So From the beginning, I knew that I wasn't drinking like everyone else. I didn't drink because I liked alcohol. I drank because I was avoiding things. And that really all came to a head when I was in college. And that's where I realized, you know, I'm not a normal drinker. Everyone else was drinking and going out and making progress. And I was just ruining my life slowly. And uh, I had my first rock bottom in college. And I think that's where I should have stopped. But because I was... 18, 19. I thought it was normal. So I had an experience where I had drank ooh, like two mixed drinks and eight shots of Jaeger in a half hour, which is a lot for anyone at any point in life. But being that young, I was with someone that I didn't know. And I ended up waking up in the hospital. And I wasn't sure what had happened until they had told me the next day, they were like, we found you in a ditch. And someone brought you inside. They thought you were dead. And we called the police. And so I remember getting taken back to my dorm room and I was in the cop car and I had had thrown up in the cop car and I finally had made it back to my dorm and my friends that came in and they were like, we thought you were dead. And even then at that age, I just didn't, I didn't realize that like that was a problem. I thought, oh, I just took it too far. And I had to tell my parents at family weekend, the following weekend, because I had an ambulance bill. I couldn't, I couldn't hide it because I was really, really good at hiding all of my issues, all of my problems. And I remember my parents just sat across from me and they had no idea my drinking was that bad or my mental illness was that bad. And my dad, I remember just him looking at me and he was like, I am so disappointed in you. And that was emotional. And you know, that rock bottom should have stopped me, but I kept it probably made my drinking even worse, right? I was ashamed and I had a lot of like childhood trauma and I kept drinking and my drinking had got to a point where I got so bad that my grades were awful. I had failed out of college academically and I'd already always done really well in high school and even in college until I had so much freedom and free time to drink. So I was forced to come back home and I came back home and I partied even harder than I did in college. <laughs> Nothing to do, I wasn't going to school. And I had gotten pregnant and this is at 23 and pregnancy was great because that was the first time that I was ever fully sober. So I know that people always talk about, you know, that pregnancy glow or that feeling. I like, I think like looking back now, I'm like, man, was that just because I was sober for the first time (laughs) and I actually had time to focus on myself. So that was when I was pregnant, I decided to go back to school. I had paid off my student, like the loan that I had to pay off before I could go back to school. And when I was in school, I didn't really have a plan. I majored in business management because my whole family runs businesses, but I didn't have a plan. I just went to school to get a degree. So even after college, I had bartended for a long time, which if anyone knows anything about the service industry, it can be very toxic. So I was bartending for a long time. I had like started a part of a startup company for a while and um, eventually went back to bartending. And then I got the job that I'm in now, which I am 30 years old. I got this job when I was 29. So very, very soon after I got this job, I got sober. So um, I work in marketing for an entertainment district in St. Louis. And it's wild because I am around alcohol all day long I'm marketing alcohol essentially and I love my job because I love what I do but I find myself like I don't know because I'm working with alcohol and I make this content thinking about it all day long um but to go back to like my story I had moved like back home got pregnant and then eventually made my way down to St. Louis and I got in this job and I was You know, I'd been through many failed relationships and so many rock bottoms. And I had just gotten this new marketing job and I was drinking a lot. And it was December 21st, 2021 is my sobriety date. But I gotten sober after a work Christmas party where I'd gotten really, really drunk. And I did really embarrassing things, but that was kind of always normal for me. But I did something I crossed a line. I never crossed before. And I woke up the next day and I was just so embarrassed and had such bad anxiety that I was like, I can, I, I can't drink again.
0: So first off, our stories are so <laughs> similar, which I know you had told me that before, but just like the similarities are crazy of very similar. I keep how many times have I said similar, but
1: <laughs> oh, they are. That's when I heard your podcast like, introduction. I was like, Is this me?
0: Are I, we this? I person? mean, honestly, though, like, yeah. and it is that mindset of when you're young, it's so easy to be like, This is just what drinking is. You don't really question it. And I think what is so cool and empowering is I'm seeing more and more young people recognize like no this actually doesn't have to be my norm. I don't have to keep binge drinking and going out and blacking out and it's like that is so cool that more people are realizing that but like exactly what you were saying is it just seemed like that's how it was and people were blacking out and did stupid stuff and we were young and it's like that's okay and you you keep drinking and when you um you know you got to this point of being like, yeah, something has to change and you decided you were going to step into sobriety, what was that transition like for you? Was it something where you felt like, yep, I'm ready for this, I need this, I'm going all in? Was there still feelings of like hesitancy and uncertainty? Because I think a lot of times people don't realize like just because somebody's decided to commit to get sober That doesn't mean that we're like all in, all in. There's still a lot of feelings of like uncertain, like, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm curious what that looked like for you.
1: Yeah. So I will say that I had tried to get sober many times. This was my second real time trying to get sober. And in the past, it was very clear, like, okay, I don't want to drink, but I would just go back to it. But this time, when I woke up that morning, I made a very clear decision: I will never drink again. And I was not a daily drinker, and I could go, uh, you know, weeks without drinking. But I was so psychologically dependent on alcohol that for me, whenever I got sober, it was like, okay, you're not going to drink again. But now, what do you do? Like, where do you go from here? And I didn't. Uh, I did what people in sobriety call white knuckling. And I didn't have a plan at first. I just knew, okay, the only thing you're going to do is not drink. And so from there, you know, it was a, it was a battle. It was really, really hard for me. Um, I think because I wasn't physically dependent and more psychologically dependent, I will say it was easier. It wasn't easy, but I had to break the pattern and I had already made up my mind that I wasn't going to drink. So when I was around it, and because again, like I said, I work in the industry, I'm marketing alcohol. I'm around people all the time who drink. Whenever I told people that I quit drinking and I made it so publicly, like with my TikTok, when someone asked, I said no. And if it was ever a point where I had to like, I never had to make the decision, right? I never had to think, well, maybe I'll just have one or maybe I'll try to moderate. It was, I was done.
0: Yeah. Mm. I was my life. So I want you to talk a little bit more about the white knuckling, because I think that's an important uh, topic for people to understand what that means, because I 100% agree with that of like, you can choose to not drink, but there's so much more that goes beyond that decision.
1: Yeah. So whenever I quit drinking, I didn't know anyone else at the time who wasn't drinking. I didn't have a community. I didn't know there were resources So for me, I just was so embarrassed that I had made my mind up that I wasn't going to drink, but I didn't know what to do. Like I said, I didn't have a plan. And I started going to TikTok, right, to post my sobriety for accountability. And that's when I I remember it was one of my first posts. It was kind of controversial about AA. And I get a rush of people, you know, good and bad. And I knew whenever I got sober that AA wasn't for me. I had taken an alcohol abuse class uh, back when I was in my early 20s, but I wasn't, um, I didn't feel like I was a good fit for AA. I'm not spiritual. I um, also read the book, Quit Like a Woman. And because I read that book and I had, you know, heard her views on AA, I'm like, wow, this really just isn't for me. I don't want to feel any less powerful than I already do. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm just going to post on TikTok. I'm going to not drink. And from there, after posting on TikTok, I found a community of people. And, you know, when I talk about white knuckling, like I said, it was hard, but because I didn't have that physical addiction, it was like a pattern that I had to break. I just had to find ways to, when I would get home from work and I wanted to have that drink or it was the weekend, I had to
0: just retrain my brain. And I think that's what's so important is... When we choose to get sober, there's so much more work that has to go beyond that. There is investing back and showing up for yourself. Like you're talking about, like rewiring of the brain and figuring out, okay, well, this is when I would normally have a drink. So what am I going to do instead? And showing up on TikTok for accountability and it's, you can choose to be sober and it be completely miserable or you can choose to be sober and find a community and find resources and connect it it takes work to find those things and you have to be willing to do a little bit of research or maybe it's putting yourself out there whatever like feels good to you but i truly believe like when you actually like find um a community and things to help you grow in your journey sobriety is the best thing anyone can do for themselves but if you're just not drinking you're not going to reap the benefits fully of being sober you might feel better but like physically and mentally for you to feel what it means to be sober that means you're showing up for yourself to discover what is possible in life and that's trying different things on because sobriety is like a personal growth journey and it's not just not drinking and i think people don't always realize that
1: yeah i agree and one thing i found like with my sobriety which um you know in doing these meetings and you know talking to other people there are some people who have a lot of shame and guilt from like you know in their sobriety but for me i am so proud of who i am and my sobriety because i was so embarrassed of who i was so for me, the not drinking, it's something I'm proud of. I want to share. I want to talk to others. I want to like connect with people. Um, you know, it's like, it's something that um, I found other people maybe not be as, as proudful about, but I am.
0: Yeah. I think sobriety is a badge of honor. And I think I, I either talked about this on the podcast. I think I might have, but I know I had a conversation with someone about it. I swear I I did an episode on it too, but I think it is a badge of honor, something that we should be proud of. It shouldn't be shameful because whatever you did when you were drinking, like you choosing to get sober is you saying, that isn't who I am and I'm not gonna let that define me. And I'm making the decision to show up for me and begin this new chapter. And I'm owning whatever I did when I drank, but like that is not who I am. And now I'm writing the end of my story and being able to be proud of your sobriety, I think is such a cool thing. And that doesn't mean you have to show up and share your story on TikTok or on a podcast. Like it just means maybe you're proud about it with the people in your close knit circle. And I think what's so cool about that is however you choose to wear that badge of honor you are showing others what is possible in a sober life. And you, I think a lot of times, sometimes I, I've talked about this with other friends of like, we want everyone to be sober because it's like amazing. And it's hard to be like, why don't you want to do this? And I think the best way you can show somebody like how amazing it is, is just by like living your life and like living your truth and showing them like this is badass. Like I have nothing to be ashamed of for choosing to not drink.
1: No, I agree. And something that I've talked about many times on my podcast is I have done so many awful things when I was drinking. And I'm not going to make amends with a lot of the people I hurt. I'm not going to have contact with a lot of people from my past. And I can't change that. I can't change how they view me. But the only way I can show and like have any hope that like, I will be a better person is just, you know, staying sober, right? Like, I did those things, they're in the past. I, I'm not gonna be forgiven for them, but I can stay sober. I can not drink. I can make sure those things never happen again. Um, You had said something about, you know, like maybe you don't have to share it on TikTok. And, you know, I just recently started doing sober meetups here in St. Louis last, oh, not, I, was, I keep thinking it's October. Last month, it's this month, September. And I've had two so far. And, you know, when I share my story on TikTok, I share bits and pieces and I try to be very open, but, you know, I've learned that being vulnerable, there's a time and a place and not everyone needs to know everything about you, especially on the internet. So like in these sober meetups that I'm doing, one, I love that they're in person because the connection you get in person is, you know, unmatched and you get to hear people's stories and they are so raw and so open and so honest. And you get to tell your story and be so raw and so open and so honest. And that feeling is so good.
0: It is honestly the best feeling. And it's, you've probably heard me talk about it on the podcast, but that's why our Tuesday night group is called the raw dogs. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that or not, but that was why. Cause one of our friends was like, yeah, I mean, sobriety is just a raw dog in life and, I don't know if I've ever talked about that on the podcast as to why that's what it was. Um, and if you don't know what that means, don't Google it, just ignore it. But she said that and I was like, wait, that is like the funniest thing. And I wish it wasn't so inappropriate because I would have a shirt that says that like, I'm you just raw a dog shirt. and I'm just raw dog in life. But like, so it's so true though. Like you are sober and you're, able to connect on this like next level when you meet people in person and it's like it's crazy because you just kind of cut the bullshit when you meet people and you're like okay let's go like tell me everything I got nothing to hide let's talk and I'm would love to hear more about what you've taken away from those meetups so far because it is such a powerful thing to be able to create and hold space for people to be able to show up. Um, and I'm sure it's like nerve wracking. Like I, I've seen like you set up and you wait and you probably are like, okay, I, you know, I hope people come and then to be able to have people come and step back and be like, cool. I started something for other people, which think about where you were when you started your journey nine years. Nine months ago, like you probably wish you could have had something like this. And so, what has that whole experience been like for you?
1: Yeah. So, I love the raw dogging <laughs> life. Is it raw, raw dogging life? Is that what it is?
0: Yeah. We call ourselves the raw dogs. And raw she's, dogs. and it's just, yeah, sobriety's raw dog in life. Like, you're <laughs> just, there's nothing there to protect okay. you. You're just living life. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so
1: whenever I got sober, I um again like I did it at a time where I wasn't planning it. It became very unexpected for me. So whenever I got sober, a couple weeks then I started you know posting and being open, and that's when my cousin had recommended a book, and then I got on TikTok, and through TikTok I found these podcasts, and it was a sober girl's guide, and. Her name is Jody. She runs the in-person, she did an interview with Jody. She runs the in-person meeting that I first went to in Alton, Illinois. And when I heard her on the podcast, she had talked about being from St. Louis and I found out she was very close. And I went to her in-person meeting and then I joined a uh, virtual meetings, Steph Sober Squad. So I started doing those two for myself. And I had kind of reached a point in my sobriety where I felt really good, the pink cloud was gone, (laughs) but I was feeling good and I just felt like I needed something like to give back to people, right? So, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, but when you get to a point in sobriety, it's like, okay, I've learned all these things and I've gone through it and I can help others because just sharing my story online, I get a lot of messages like, hey, I saw your TikTok and it made me reevaluate drinking. And it's like, wait, what? Just sharing my story has helped other people. So I I think I did it within like a couple of days' notice. I I made a flyer, I put it on the internet, I'm like, hey, we're gonna meet up at the Arch grounds in St. Louis. And I had a really good response and I did the sober meetup. And I had taken what I had learned from the the meetings that I had been to previously, right? So the in-person and the virtual meetings, and I took what I liked from it, and it's had a great response. Again, we've only had two, but you know, when you hear other people talk and their perspectives of like their life and their drinking, especially drinking, because, you know, one thing about me is I've had really bad mental health throughout the years. And I thought like, okay, I have bad mental health and I just drink and it makes it worse. And I never put two and two together that like drinking was a big part and big cause of my poor mental health. So something I've taken from the meetings recently is just talking to others, you know, and hearing their stories and relating and being like, wow we were all kind of convinced that we just drank and, you know, like we didn't really put two and two together that that was the cause of our poor mental health. I think that's
0: such an important note because a lot of times we don't equate problems with alcohol, right? Like if you black out, it's like, okay, yeah, that was from alcohol. But if we have anxiety, if we're stressed, if, um, we are struggling like mentally, if we are, you know, lying, if we're not showing up for ourselves and others, like the last thing we want to look at is that alcohol could be the thing contributing to those, um, those types of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say problem. Um, but challenges in life and, you know, it's so funny because we as a society have glamorized it so much that it's like, that would be the last thing to ever do this, not our sweet, sweet alcohol. Um, And when were you able to realize like, wow, removing alcohol has made such a positive impact on my mental health. And Mm -hmm. I, I do think a lot of people don't realize like how beneficial it can be because we sometimes turn to it for our mental health. We're like, I'm stressed, drink. I'm anxious, drink, you know?
1: Yeah. So last year I got sober in December right before Christmas, but it was last fall that I noticed I was severely depressed. And it wasn't until I got sober that I realized like anger is a huge part of depression because I was, I had my problems really well. I, I had my mental illnesses really well. And I would find myself having zero motivation, really sad, go out and drink and kind of be like a wild card. Like you never knew what kind of person you were going to get. You didn't know if you were going to be happy, if I'd be crying by the end of the night or I'd be fighting someone. And, you know, I quit drinking and my depression has gone away. I still suffer from anxiety. And I think that goes back to the raw dogging life (laughs) is When you don't have something to cope with, you're forced to deal with those feelings. And that's where I'm at right now. I, like I had said, the pink cloud is gone. It is, I hope it comes back. I'm told that sometimes it goes in and out of sobriety, but I'm so grateful that I'm not drinking, but I have these moments where life gets very hard, very real and I'm finally able to deal with it where before I, I drank and it made it 10 times worse, but now I'm actually dealing with it in a healthy way. So like the anxiety that I do have and that I am feeling, it's so much more rational. I know, I know anxiety is irrational in general, but it's more rational anxiety. Um, it makes more sense to me. And I just have to do things like meditation, yoga. I work out, I have to physically move my body to remove it. And I do find myself when I'm anxious, that's what I'm looking for. Not a drink, but like a an NA beverage, right? So if I'm like, oh man, it's been a long day. I can't unwind. It's like, okay, we'll grab an NA beer because that'll that'll trick your mind into, into thinking you're relaxed. But um, so that's why I've been dealing with anxiety lately. But my depression is gone, which is wild because I never would have put two and two together. It's,
0: yeah, alcohol, it, can impact us in so many more ways than we realize and we will never fully realize until we're not consuming it on a regular basis. For you, you know, feeling the feelings and all the emotions can be so scary, but what have you learned about yourself in having to work through those things?
1: Yeah, I have found that Especially with getting sober, I found that um, before like the depression, I felt very out of control. And now that I'm sober, I feel so much more in control, even with my anxiety and the feelings that I'm feeling, I realized that I could take on a lot more and I'm I'm capable of taking on, you know, a lot of these emotions and dealing with them. And I feel so much stronger and more in control. And I think that's another thing is like when I was drinking, I felt like life was just passing me by. And everyone was making so much progress, everyone, and I was just stuck. And I'm like, "Why is this happening to me? Why?" And now it's like, okay, take those feelings and make it into something positive. You know, make that motivate you to do something. And um, you know, like with my job in marketing, I am I'm a creator, right? So I'm a creator on TikTok. I'm a creator professionally, and I find myself like. Having those moments of um, you know anxiety and those feelings of just kind of restlessness, and using that and motivating me to okay, what's going on? What's the real issue? Will this help? You know, maybe make a TikTok talk about it.
0: <laughs> but it's true because my friend Maddie talks about this, and I'm sure she. I don't know if she it's her term, but she always says what's personal is universal. So if you're going through something like that and you show up and decide to share guaranteed someone else is like oh my god yes thank you i've been going through that too and even when it can feel so lonely or isolating when we're faced with those challenges or emotions or feelings other people are going through it too and that sometimes that can be like a great reminder of like okay i'm not i know i feel alone right now but i know i'm not the only person going through this and then it is a little bit of figuring out okay how do i face these feelings. And I love what you said of like, I am capable of this. Like sobriety teaches us what we truly are capable of. And it's a lot more than we give ourselves credit for because sobriety takes away like the coding of being able to navigate emotions and alcohol is the band-aid and we rip the band-aid off and we actually figure out how are we going to fix this problem versus just slap something on over it and leave it to later um, I'm curious when you decided, okay, I'm going to start these sober meetings and you show up and you put yourself in this situation of like, okay, I hope somebody comes like that takes a lot of confidence. And is that something like, had you seen like into the future of like where you would be in your journey before you started this, um, sober path? Like, would you believe like, yeah, I, I'm going to show up and, you know, host these, in-person meetings for other sober people. Like, I think that that's like something to be so proud of yourself for. And if you could go back to the past and you were able to look ahead, would you even believe that you were doing the things that you're doing right now?
1: If I was to go in the past and tell myself that I was nine months sober, there's no way I would have believed that, let alone hosting groups. I will say that I've always seeked out connection. So when I got sober, it just made sense, right? After a certain point of doing all the work internally, and I mean, I'm still doing the work, um, you know, on myself, but I got to a point where I was like, okay, now I'm ready to share and connect. Um, And I think because I put in that work, it makes sense and it feels good right now to be hosting these meetings and doing what I'm doing. Um, Yeah, I never would have believed that a year ago. I remember actually last year, it was this is probably when I should have got sober. There is a point where someone might, one of my coworkers had said, yeah, I'm going to do 30 days. Um, I forget what they call it, like the 30 day clean whole 30 or something. And, um, he was like, yeah, I'm not drinking for 30 days. And I was like, what, how, how, how are you doing that? I'm like, I could never give up alcohol for 30 days. And I remember saying like, I could never get sober which should have been the biggest red flag ever and made me quit drinking, but that's actually when my alcohol, you know, you know, abuse got worse. Mm. So doing these now I am, I am super proud of myself. And I, I will say it's hard because I get messages and people will be like, Oh my God, thank you. Either on TikTok or in person, or, you know, some of two of the girls that have gone to my in-person meetings have messaged me like, you know, what you're doing is amazing. And Mm. it's not it's not imposter syndrome, right? Because I've put in the work and I've done it and I've lived through it, but I'm like, it is amazing. I just haven't seen the full impact yet. Even getting these messages, they're, they're amazing and they feel so good. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe, you know, me just getting sober and sharing has led me to this, but um,
0: yeah. It's yeah. cool. It's, <laughs> it is cool. It's you literally creating ripples
1: out into the it world. Is. I actually, I wanted to tell you, okay. So I love the name of this podcast, right? In general, it's amazing. But when I relate it to like my personal journey, so quitting alcohol was the catalyst for all of these ripples that have happened. Mm -hmm. And I relate to it so much.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I know when, yeah, it's such a powerful thing. I, each time I'm reminded of like how the guests that I get to have on are truly not just impacting me, but everybody that's listening. And it's, it is a really powerful thing to think about the ripples that we create out into the world just by showing up and living our lives and sharing our stories. And I am grateful that you chose to share yours because that's literally what led us into this opportunity today.
1: Yeah. And I am. Um, it's funny. Someone in my group had said, you know, like all you have to do is find one sober person and they're going to know a sober person. And that's where I feel like where I am right now with this group, you know, as a, I wasn't small. I wouldn't say it was a small group, but it's it's growing, right? And there's more and more people. And when I got sober, I didn't I couldn't easily find a community. And now obviously I'm not creating a brand new sober community, but I am bringing people together and I'm growing that and I'm finding a lot of joy in that and I just know that it's going to keep going. The more I talk, the more I talk about sobriety and other people, you know, share their story and connect
0: and, you know, share on social media
1: these groups are going to grow.
0: I think that is what's so cool is when we venture into sobriety, it seems like we know nobody else out there unless like we saw someone else doing it. And that's what made us make that decision. But if it was what led you to sobriety or like when I chose to get sober, it wasn't because I saw somebody else doing it. It was like I had been like, okay, something's got to change. And it was like, there's no one else out here. Nobody else is sober in the entire world. And then all of a sudden it was like, boop, boop, people started popping up. And now I get to be involved in like a bunch of different sober communities, virtual and some in person. And it's just really cool to be able to connect with other people in their journeys and wherever they're at um, and just show them like it is possible. And when you were talking about how you're like, I could never get sober, like save. I never thought it was possible. If you were sitting like pretend I was someone that came up to you and I was like, Elizabeth, I could never get sober. Like, what what would you say to that person?
1: I would honestly say, yeah, I used to think the same way. I've had someone recently who came to me and said, you know, I want to get sober. What what should I do? And I have to, I have to tell them, I'm like, well, for me, I hit a rock bottom and I am always impressed with people who don't hit those rock bottoms and get sober. But the advice that I had given was, well, if you're going to keep drinking and you want to get sober, document how you're feeling, write it down or make a mental note if you're not ready to journal. But for me, it was like time and time again, I had to prove that alcohol wasn't for me. And if I could go back, I'd be like, you know, write it down, write down how you're feeling. Was it a positive experience? What are you really gaining your pros and cons? And then just reevaluate your relationship. Um, you know, there's a lot of resources that I didn't have when I got sober, but I could give to someone now, you know, here, here are podcasts that can show you being sober can be fun and cool and sexy. And like all these things that I never thought sobriety would be, I would, I just want to show people, you know, even now at nine months that I'm like, this is like a lifestyle change and it's fun and it's better than anything I used to have before.
0: It is such a mindset of how we're viewing sobriety, because if we stop drinking and this kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier of like the white knuckling, if you get sober and you tell yourself, this is miserable, this is the freaking worst, I hate this. Well, yeah, it's not going to be fun. Like you have to kind of go in open-minded and like willing to give it a try and see it with like fresh eyes and start to really step into things and put yourself out there. And, you know, if to start socializing without alcohol doesn't work for you, that's okay. Find something new and fun that isn't linked to drinking for you to stay social because, I think a lot of times it's like, I could never go out without drinking. And it's like, fine, nobody's asking you to. Have fun with it. Ask your friends to do something different and know that that's okay. Like I think it's perfectly fine and normal to be like, hey, I'd love to hang out with you, but could we go do mini golf or something? That was just what was in my head because I was looking at something in my room. But like, there are so many activities to do concerts I used to always get messed up for concerts never got to remember them and we both went to Odessa and I went before you and I was like get ready because it's a freaking experience and I'm so happy I got to be sober at it because they had a drum line tubas trombones like everything like I would have totally missed that had I been drinking
1: yeah. And you had talked about before you're like, yeah, we both said we could never get sober. And that's because when I was drinking, I didn't have much of a personality, right? I didn't have a lot of hobbies. I didn't have a lot going on. Anything I did, I did when I was drinking. And now that I'm sober, I'm forced to create to to create new hobbies, like to have new things to do. And um, as much as, you know, I liked being home, I do a lot for work. I'm very social. So I go out and I do these meetings and then I'm, I'm, you know, social for work. And then I come home and, you know, maybe my hobby is just watching TV, you know, maybe it's doing puzzles, things that I wouldn't have considered, you know, like hobbies before, but they're things I'd love to do now. And that's kind of just who I am. I, I feel like back when I was drinking, I never knew who I was and I would get in like relationships or friendships and just do whatever they liked. And now I'm figuring out what I actually like to
0: do and who I am. We talked about this in our virtual meeting last week. And someone was like, I, I'm learning that maybe I don't like to go out as much as I thought I did. And I'm not as extroverted as I thought I was. And sobriety is um, showing me that I actually kind of like some time at home alone and being with myself. And she was saying how she was so afraid of getting sober because she thought she was going to miss out on so many things. And she's like, but now I'm like finding, I actually don't always want to be going out. I kind of like having some nights where I get to be in by myself and relax and read a book. And it, it is funny because alcohol does become this like persona of like, I have to go, go, go. And I have to be at every event and." you might discover that that's actually not who you are. And I loved what you were saying, Elizabeth, of like, this was a chance for you and it is a chance for anybody. Sobriety gets you to discover who you actually are and what you actually enjoy.
1: Yeah. I also used to say that I was an extrovert and now I think I'm that extrovert introvert person because I found that I want to do things that I actually like and quality over quantity, right? Mm. I used to think back when I was drinking that I had so many friends, so many friends. And the reality was I just knew a lot of people. And now I am finding people who I actually like, who I have things in common with, whether that's sobriety or just interest in general. And I'm doing a lot more things that I actually like and I'm setting boundaries. So if it's like, yeah, I really don't have the energy to go out after I've worked all day to this event or to hang out with a friend, I'm setting that healthy boundary and putting myself first, but I'm also still, you know, being social, going out and um, definitely quality over quantity.
0: Mm. I hadn't heard this before until actually I saw it on TikTok where someone was like, when I drank, I had so many friends. And then when I got sober, I was like, wait. uh," And someone was like, yeah, those were your drinking buddies. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, that is such a great way of looking at it. They were my drinking buddies. And then the people that are my friends are the ones that continue to show up and continue invest in my life. And I invest back in them and we're able to have real conversations versus when I would go out and hang out with people and we'd just be drinking. We weren't really talking about much, like it was very surface level. And now I get to build these really kick-ass connections with people. And it is, it's just crazy when I like, as we're talking, I'm just thinking about the fact that like It's almost like alcohol. I mean, it does. Alcohol is like this, like um, what mirage of like what we think we enjoy and what we, who we think is in our life and what we think we want to spend our time with. And then like getting sober, like you realize like, oh, there was nothing actually there. And I actually don't really know who I am, what I enjoy. And now you get to show up and do the work and discover who you are, and learn how to stand up for yourself. I mean, it's literally this like massive personal development journey. And you were talking about boundaries. And I think that has been a huge learning point for me. Have you been someone that's always been good about boundaries? Or is that something also that you've started to establish more within your sobriety?
1: Yeah. I don't think I ever had boundaries before and I really didn't know what a boundary was and how to set one. Right. So I used to think I had boundaries until I got sober. And, um, you know, now, now I find myself really setting the boundary when it comes to like my time, but also like with what I'm willing to take from relationships and friendships. Um, I didn't know that was, I didn't know that was setting a boundary. I didn't know that like standing up for myself, or not allowing something to happen was a boundary. Um, Before I thought, well, if I fight back right now in this moment, that's a boundary. If I start an argue, then I'm standing up for myself. I'm like,
0: well, no, no. Just so in case someone listening doesn't know what a boundary is, what is a boundary or what would you consider a boundary?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, I think a boundary for me is like, I'm not losing anything of my, like any part of myself, right? So I am protecting myself
0: in regards to others. Yeah. I also I am still struggling with boundaries. I could give like, I could talk about boundaries with people all the time and like, be like, you need a boundary with that person or with that job. And I still am very much, it's always easy to like give the advice uh, from the outside. And then I have to step back and be like, whoa you got to put some boundaries up yourself there, my friend. Um, so it's always like good to have conversations with people about because then I'm like, oh, I think I need to put a boundary there. That would probably be a wise thing for me to do. Um, in Quit Like a Woman, she talks about how a boundary is saying no to someone else so you can say yes to yourself. And ever since I read that, that has helped me a lot in realizing like, It's okay to say no to other people. That's not me being selfish. That's me respecting me and my needs. And that is something that I am able to do. And I should never feel guilty about that.
1: Yeah. So, also, I think about boundaries too is like I do so much. Like, I work 40 hours a week. I'm doing these meetups. If I don't set boundaries, I'm putting myself in a position where, like, I'm not putting my sobriety at risk because, again, I've made up that decision. I'm not drinking but I can feel myself going back into like, my self worth is lowering or like I'm really run down physically and mentally I'm starting to struggle. And so like, if I don't set those boundaries and take care of myself, it's, it's it. you know, like before when I was drinking, it was just like, oh, I'll have a drink and like I'll avoid it or like things will go away. I don't have that now. So like, I don't like that uncomfortable feeling when, um, you know, I've, I've done stuff all week, I'm tired, I'm feeling restless. I have to just sit and deal with those feelings. And I don't like it. And if I set a boundary, then like it's much more maintainable and I'm in a happier place.
0: Mm. Yeah. Boundaries. They're awesome, but they are definitely a challenge to navigate. Yeah. When you were talking about your story at the beginning and um, you mentioned like you work in entertainment and you're around drinking. How did you, because I've had this conversation with a few people of like, how do you tell Your job? Do you tell your job that you don't drink? And I think a lot of people can. A lot of people now that I've talked to, they're in sales, so they have to like take their customers out and you know bringing up that conversation then, or their company is planning something and there's drinking. And what was that like if you did tell your job? Because I think a lot of people that is scary. It's it it's almost that fear of like judgment when you tell somebody like, oh, I don't drink, you're instantly like, okay, like now, what are they assuming about me? Like, where's their head going? And that seems scary. And I think it's a really good reminder of like a, you shouldn't have any reason to be ashamed. Like we talked about earlier that to tell your job that you don't drink, but it is, there's a lot of fear around it.
1: Yeah. So when I got sober, uh, the last time I drank was at my company work party so for me it was actually really easy because um I did something that was so embarrassing that when I told people I wasn't going to drink anymore they were like oh thank god thank god she's not drinking anymore and um but I am in a place where drinking is so normal. I work in a co-working space, they have beer in a fridge and I'm around it all the time. And I don't face that struggle of telling people I don't drink. I think that goes back to me being like super proud because I was like so embarrassed of the person I used to be that to me, sobriety is like, you know, it's a saving grace. It's like, Oh, well now it's like giving me a gift to life again. But, um, again, like my work and people who I work with, um, yes, alcohol is always around, but it hasn't been a struggle for me to tell people I don't drink. It's been taken well.
0: That's amazing because I, I do think like a lot of people just still don't get it. And if someone was saying like, how would you navigate that conversation? Or, you know, they are like listening. They're like, I am afraid to tell my work. Like, how do I go about it? I'm curious kind of your take on that. And it's amazing that you have that support because that's so important. There's a local um, group here that's trying to bring awareness to the fact that like, there's so many work events planned around drinking and there might be somebody in your company that doesn't drink so starting to think about that more because they might not feel comfortable to express that to people in their workspace but if somebody was like you know I feel like I just need to tell someone at my job but I don't know how like what what would you maybe help them navigate that situation like
1: yeah i think that goes back to setting the boundary right well one you have to be confident in yourself which can be very hard, you know, in early sobriety and I mean, and even in, in sobriety in general. But once you feel comfortable with even coming to terms with sobriety yourself and that you don't drink, I think it's gonna be easier to set that boundary with other people. This was brought up in a meeting that a virtual meeting that I was in a couple of weeks ago and she was her work trip was at a casino and she had to go out and she had a roommate and you know like someone she was staying with at the hotel and you know, the advice that was given, which again, this is something like I haven't had to face, but you know, someone had said, well, you need to let them know and let them know up front. So it's not something that's brought up later on, you know, like maybe, maybe if you know, it's going to be a work event where you're drinking, you know, whoever you're with, you just let them know, oh, I don't drink. And then they're prepared. Um, Cause that in the moment, having to like have that conversation can be weird. And even if you can't tell them in before, you know, when you're in the moment, big, like, oh, I don't drink. Oh, why? A lot of people are like, why, why? And for me, I'm so open. I'll be like, yeah, well, you never saw me when I was drinking. You don't you don't want to know why. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But for them, I think I think it is very normal. But luckily for, for me, whenever I was quitting, a lot of people were seeing, especially in the service industry, the problems that come with drinking, they're all very aware. Like people have a hard time quitting or they, you know, they do it often, but everyone's pretty aware that drinking's bad even, even in my job where like, that is what we do. And that's what we advertise. And that's, you know, like we are restaurants, bars. So like, it's not just drinking, but you know, even someone who drinks, we always know like, okay, well don't, don't take it too far. Cause like, as a, as a restaurant, we're not going to benefit if someone's drunk at our place and and we know they're not going to benefit. Um, so it's kind of that unspoken thing where everyone's like, yeah, we know it's
0: bad, but some people just, you know, still drink. Mm-hmm. There's so many things I want to touch on. And I love what you said of If you can, like telling people before, like if you're feeling anxious about it, tell someone at your job before. And I think that that can go across the board in anything. If you're going to a party, you're going to a bachelorette, a wedding, and you're feeling, you know, unsure about it, um, but you have to go, then have someone that's kind of like your safe haven of just like, hey, I don't drink. And I just need like a little support system to maybe check in with me. Or when I went to my first sober bachelorette, I was like, I might need to like exit at some point. I don't know what this is going to be like, because we don't know. Every day is different. Just like anybody that's drinking wakes up feeling good one day and not so great the next. Like we don't know what our emotions are going to be like. And I think just being able to advocate for yourself in that of just like, hey, I don't really know what this is going to look like for me. And or telling someone like, just so you know, I don't drink because then you don't have that like, let me get you a drink. And then you say no. And they're like, no, really, let me get you a drink. And you're like, no, I don't drink. (laughs) Then I, you know, like all those situations where you're like, oh, okay, why? (laughs) Like you said, a lot of times it's the why. And I I personally believe like if you feel comfortable sharing your why, amazing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you can just say, I don't drink it's yeah. not a topic that we need to discuss. I actually made
1: a TikTok about this recently because I feel like when someone asks me why I don't drink, it definitely depends on their tone, you know, the context where we're at, what we're doing. I was at the Odessa concert and someone, you know, I had the liquid death can in my hand and um, then I had a slushie and, and the girl next to me. And it's funny because it's like, I don't even have to bring it up. People just bring it up to me. I had a slushie in my hand and she's like, you know what would go really good in that slushie? I just knew that she's like alcohol. And I was like, I, I I didn't have to respond. I didn't have to say anything, but I'm like, oh, I actually don't drink. And um, she's just, oh, why? If you don't mind me asking why. And, you know, there's a long answer of why I don't drink. And there's the very short answer. And the short answer sometimes, you know, obviously isn't as like authentic as my long answer, but it's like, oh yeah, I just grew out of it, which is like a very, not honest answer like I didn't just grow out of it oh I went through hell and back and now I'm here but it's a very easy way to just say okay yeah I don't and if someone ever like you know if I ever I don't know I think there's been like two instances where I had to be like yeah I'm sober like I'm nine months sober so people really get it not just like oh I choose not to drink it's like this was a journey that got me here
0: yeah and it is I mean having like your little go-to of if someone's going to ask you and you don't want to go into like the deep end with them like have whatever a one-line statement is because I think you know people will ask and I think knowing that ahead of time um, but I am like you where I'm like oh okay do you have 20 years to hear my story like buckle up because you probably weren't ready for this here we go like um I was just at a wedding and someone asked me why and I was like do you want like the short answer or the long answer and he was like I'm kind of interested and I was like well I'll keep it like short for you (laughs) and here it is but um it yeah it it is an interesting thing of I I think it is a badge of honor but I think sometimes you have to recognize when you are like nah I don't feel like sharing right now and that's okay too
1: yeah I think there is I mean there's a time and place and and it's you know who's asking and why they're asking. I do think, you know, in that situation with the girl at the concert, she was drinking and you and we all, you know, I don't want to say we all cuz that's assuming, but a lot of people when they ask, we all know that they're asking because they're, you know, internal. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're comparing. They want they're like, "Oh, well, you know, like it's like if I told someone I was going on a diet and I feel so good, they'd be like, "Well, damn, yeah, maybe I should eat better, you know, maybe I should try that." And that's how I feel like when someone asks me why, it's like Okay. Well, are you just trying to reevaluate or, you know, think about your own drinking?
0: Yeah. I would love it to be like what you're saying of where they're like, wow, that is amazing. Like, I love that for you. Like, I think I want to give it a try. I feel like there are definitely times where it's like, oh, why? And you're like, you could be like, oh, you know, I I had bad anxiety. Uh, My mental health was struggling. I, you know, wasn't really getting a lot done because of my hangovers and I got a DUI and they'd be like, Oh, I have never got a DUI. So guess I can keep drinking. And it's like the one thing like so far off. But if you had said all the things before the DUI, people would be like, Huh? Hmm. Hmm. But if you say one thing that's, Oh, no, not me going to keep on keeping on. No need to evaluate my drinking. And I know that that may not be true for everybody, but that has definitely been, I've had people literally when I tell them my story, be like, oh, okay, okay. And I can just tell they're literally like, that's not me. So, which is such an interesting um, thought because I kind of like what you were saying of maybe they are like, oh, I love what you're doing. Like, tell me more. And if I was to be, I've talked about this actually on my TikTok of like, picture this. I'm telling you, I have this, thing available to you and you're gonna get this, this, and this as benefits. Would you want it? And you'd probably say, yeah. And they'd be like, okay, it's not drinking. And then you're instantly like, I don't think I'm interested anymore. Um, so yeah, alcohol is just a wild, wild, a wild thing, if we think about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I also think too like going back to what I was saying about the diet, that's like, that's like saying, oh yeah, I really want to eat better, but you're also addicted to sugar. So like, you can't, you're not there. You're not where, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy to get there.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
1: you see someone else already there, you think about, oh, well, man, that would take a lot for me to get to mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, And I don't want to put in the work. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, I've actually had a good response when from my friends and people around me when I tell them I don't drink. I did have one person who was like, did you get a DWI? And that's like, they, they had known me as a party girl, but that was the only reason why they could think I didn't. I, I wasn't drinking anymore. Why would I quit drinking?
0: I'm like, no, I didn't get a DWI.
1: I should have. I should have had many over the years, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I always am like, I actually never got in trouble with the law. I have one minor uh, from college, but that was it. And it's so true. It's like, no, I, I don't have a DUI, but have you ever driven drunk or under the influence? So that, I mean, that's literally just being like, yep, I got caught, but you didn't. And like, I think that that shouldn't be anything that anybody compares to, because unfortunately the sad truth is a lot of people drive under the influence and they shouldn't be. Nobody should be. And I put myself, that was what my rock bottom was. I had been drinking when I drove and I didn't get a DUI, but I could have severely hurt myself, severely hurt other people. And that was like, so scary to me that I put myself in that situation that I was like, I'm out, but I could have as easily have gotten a DUI in that situation. So I feel like that doesn't make it any worse or any less, but that is like something that a lot of people like compare it to. And there, there just shouldn't even be a comparison. It's like, this is your journey and this is your one life decide when you've had enough of the way alcohol is impacting you that you want to make a change because there is a one hundred percent guarantee it will benefit your life in some way, shape, or form, if not in many ways, shapes and forms,
1: yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, having to like hit that rock bottom for some people to get sober, it's sad. It's unfortunate. It happened to me. I am amazed by the amount of people I, young people who I have met, you know, through these meetings, virtual or in person, that didn't have a rock bottom and quit. They just decided, Hey, I'm not gonna drink anymore. And, you know, there's all these levels of sobriety. And when I was getting sober, I remember thinking, like, my life is gonna be so boring and it's gonna be so hard. And I'm gonna be an outcast. And sobriety is so weird. Sobriety is being normalized. You know, it's not where I think we all want it to be, but it's getting there, you know. Um, I know this is controversial, but it's becoming trendy with people um, you know, to not drink. And again, that's not. I don't want to say trendy and offend somebody who has the physical addiction, but if you are, you know, you're not battling the physical addiction and you have the psychological addiction, it's becoming trendy to give it up, to, to go through that and party girl uh, is out 2022. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, yeah. I mean, I love these conversations because I think it's just a good con it's, it's a good way for people to just get a little bit curious And I think that's the important thing of like, nobody's asking you to say, I'm never going to drink again right now, but like, get a little bit curious about what life could look like if you drink less or didn't drink and just examine what could be possible for you in that journey.
1: Yeah. And I think that's my goal is sharing on social too, because obviously I'm doing so much internal work, but it's like, I just want to show people what sobriety could look like for them, you know? I have I'm living my best life right now. And I wasn't before. And like I said, sobriety is cool. It is fun. It is sexy. And um, I think a lot of people have a have a stereotype of what someone who's sober and what their life looks like. And they had to be an alcoholic to be sober. And that's not the case anymore. And, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's like I'm doing these sober meetings. And one of the girls in my meeting had said, she's like, you know, I saw your post and thought, if this badass girl can do it, then I can too. Mm-hmm. And now she's four months over. And it's like, <clears throat> like, that's what I needed to hear, right? Like, it just share your story, show people what it's like.
0: It's fun. It's cool. It's okay. sexy. <laughs> I love it. My last question is, what is the ripple that you want to create? Oh
1: my goodness. Oh, that's a good question. Do you ask this to everyone?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I should have been prepared for it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So my ripple... I really want so right now I'm connecting people right and I want my ripple to connect a bigger community and bring people together I hope that the community grows into more people than just 10 and that I can connect with other people and maybe outside of Missouri right so right now I'm just in St. Louis I'm doing these meetings but I want to make it you know a lot bigger and meet a lot more people and, um, and grow and make connections. Yeah. I don't know if that's my ripple though. I don't know.
0: That's okay. Mm-hmm. I like it. I know,
1: but I'm thinking, I'm like, man, what other ripples do I want to make?
0: You could make a lot of that. I right? I,
1: I feel like I'm going to make a lot of ripples. I love that though. And my and personality I... That like, um that like, what is it, like an all-in type of personality or I want to I do the, the right thing or the, you know, but I do a lot of things is what I'm realizing. I have a lot of, you know, different baskets, so.
0: Well, and you can make ripples in more than one way. I think that's the cool part is just by showing up and being you, like you are going to continue to make impact and ripples out into the world. And I'm the exact same way. I like, I'm like, I want to do it all. And sometimes it's like, okay, we're gonna start here. We gotta we gotta start here today. There's yeah. still there's still time ahead.
1: Yeah. What do they say? One day at a time. Yes. You know. But I but I do I do think that though. Sometimes where I'm like, okay, don't try to do you know reinvent the wheel. Just one day at a time.
0: You know, step by step. Yeah, I love it, Elizabeth. This has been so fun having you on the podcast. Where can my listeners find you? Yeah. So
1: I'm on TikTok at Elizabeth. I am on Instagram, Elizabeth underscore dop, and I just created St. Louis Sober on Instagram.
0: Yay, that's amazing. That's awesome. Congrats. I'm excited for you.
1: Uh, I'm so excited. I'm excited to see where that goes. I just started a couple weeks ago and I can just feel the momentum and I'm writing that right now.
0: Yay. That's, I mean, me and my friends talk about that all the time, like in-person stuff. So maybe you're inspired inspiring me to go out and do something in person in minnesota
1: please oh i, I want to say so right now i i'm doing these in-person meetings and i have so many friends on tiktok i want to bring us together i know you did the the retreat has it's that coming happened?
0: it's coming up in january yeah,
1: yeah. In january okay but think okay. about it
0: we're that going is, to
1: i need to make these connections yeah
0: in joshua tree um january 2023 Okay. Think about it. I am. You know I am. (laughs) Yay. Um, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for showing up and being a part of this community. We wouldn't be able to do it without all of you. And until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples.